Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Friday, November the 4th, 2022, at 11.03 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, spiritual immaturity. That is what we've been talking about over the past few live broadcasts. We've been talking about five signs of spiritual immaturity, and I hope that you have given each and every one serious thought and consideration. And always remember, I love to hear your thoughts and consideration by emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. I, I tend to think of it this way. When I record a live broadcast, when I do a live broadcast, when I give you today's focus, I don't believe the program is complete until I hear back from you. I believe it, it needs to be a completed circle, right? I, I do part of it and then you respond back to me. Then in many cases leads me to turn on the microphone and share more. So please feel free to contact me and give me your thoughts and consideration on the five signs of spiritual immaturity. Now, the, the very I'm just going to review them quickly, and then we'll look at today's, all right? Here's the key I want you to remember. Is it possible, I'll at least throw this out almost like a question, uh, like a hypothesis. Is it possible that the church, the very place you think should be the source of helping people grow spiritually, the church, the place that you think would lead to spiritual maturity, is it possible that the church is literally the place that leads to spiritual immaturity? That the problem with spiritual immaturity can be laid at the doorstep of every church? Is that possible? I think it's something to consider, especially when you consider the signs of spiritual immaturity that we are looking at. Now, I'm borrowing from a, an article written by Dan Foster called The Five Signs of Spiritual Immature, Immature Christians. The five signs of spiritually immature Christians. I keep calling it the five signs of spiritual immaturity, but the signs of spiritually immature Christians. And he's looking at it from a perspective that you typically won't hear in any sermon or in any church. And I think it's been fascinating. Number one, the first sign of spiritual immaturity is certainty. I'm not going to go back and review it, go back and listen. Number two, the second sign of spiritual immaturity is self loathing, self-loathing. And number three, the third sign of spiritual immaturity is defensiveness, is defensiveness. That is the third sign of spiritual immaturity. Oh, we didn't even scratch the surface on that one. And today, number four, the fourth sign of spiritual immaturity is scapegoating, scapegoating goading. Now, this one is interesting. We will, we will work through some of the things he has to say. I almost feel that in some of these, that you could literally break them out into different things, but scapegoating, this is what it, is, it says, and this is how it reads in the article, and I quote, here we go, scapegoating. Often, the things that we loathe and attack in other people are linked to the things that we loathe about ourselves. Oh, that one is so very good. All right. I want you to, I want you to hear that again. Often 
The things that we loathe and attack in other people are linked to the things that we loathe about ourselves. I wonder so many times in Christianity when people lash out or they get mad or they're so condemning and they condemn and they condemn and they condemn and they condemn. I wonder in a roundabout way that what they're really doing is they're attacking what is true of themselves. In a sense, they're scapegoating. They are, they, you could call this projecting. They are projecting their own flaws and their own failures that they don't want to talk about. They don't, they don't want to admit and they project it on other people or they look for other people who have the same weaknesses, have the same flaws. And when they see those other people demonstrate those weaknesses and flaws, they attack, boom, they jump right on them and like, you're guilty. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. I wonder, I wonder how much of that actually goes on. And it's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Okay, we, we've got much to cover here, so let's, let's, let's continue. Let me read it again. Often, the things that we loathe and attack in other people are linked to the things that we loathe about ourselves. Mature people understand this, but spiritually immature people are always looking for a scapegoat which they can cast their own sin Often when we lash out at someone else, it is related to some emotional injury that we are carrying that may or may not have anything to do with the person we're lashing out at. For an example, and we all know this example, you might have a horrible, 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 horrible day at work. Or you may have a horrible, horrible day live broadcasting in your, well, studio that's located upstairs in your home. And it's bad and everything's going wrong. The internet's not working. You mispronounced a Greek word. You stumbled over your word. You're not happy. You're frustrated. And guess what happens? You know what happens. You might have a bad day at work and then you come home and you're grumpy and you're, you're frustrated and you, in a sense, you lash out at your family. Now, the family has nothing to do with why you're upset. The family has nothing to do with why you're grumpy. But they, in a, in a sense, they cop it none, nonetheless. They have to deal with it. In effect, this is no better than how a child deals with their distress. They act out. Christians do the same thing. We have spiritual issues. We have problems. We have weaknesses. We have sin. And instead of dealing with it, we lash out at other people. We attack other people on social media. We gossip about other people. We, we, we condemn, we gossip, we slander because it somehow makes us feel better and covers up the sin in our own lives. Oh, oh, oh I think there's something to this. I think there's something to this. Here's the simple truth of the matter. All right, here's the simple truth. Mature people, this is the truth, I should say, that mature people live by. Are you ready? Here we go. Whatever we don't process, we project. If we don't process an issue, if we're not really willing to deal with it, if we're not really willing to look at ourselves, we will project it on someone else and attack them. I think sometimes when certain Christians hear certain doctrines that they don't like, they don't really want to deal with it because maybe there's something in them, but instead of looking inward and looking at themselves, they'll simply lash out and attack. If we do not own our own baggage, if we don't own our own emotional baggage, we will pass it on to others. Usually it's the people who are closest to us who bear the brunt of our inability to deal with our own pain, sadness, 
anger, anxiety, or fear. If we don't deal with our own pain, our own sadness, our own anger, our own anxiety, our own fear, our own sin, then usually other people are going to uh, bear the brunt of our inability, or the church, or the pastor, or or Moses. Remember when the people decided they were going to get rid of Moses? Sometimes that's what happens, is the people find a scapegoat. They got to blame someone. More mature people are profoundly self-aware. They know when they're carrying negative emotions and have learned to process them without acting out against others. But when they do, since none of us is perfect, they are the quickest to apologize. In fact, they find apologizing easy to do because they have learned to be compassionate with themselves and with others. You won't find mature people in lynch mobs. You won't find mature people involved in scapegoating. Mature people have a way of disagreeing with others that doesn't require them to tear the person to shreds. What we can, when we can welcome love and accept the parts of ourselves that we used to despise, we can also accept the parts of others that the world says should be despised. As a result, mature people can look at pretty much anyone, even the vilest person, and find some cause for compassion. No one is irredeemable. No one is beyond hope. Everyone is deserving of love. Everyone has some intrinsic value. Mature people can even look at the worst villains in our society and see them also as victims. Uh, as someone once said, if people knew better, they would do better. Well, I don't know if they, if they knew better, they would do better because, well, that, that, that denies the sinful nature. But that is what they call scapegoating. Scapegoating. We have to look to ourselves, the spirit, think of it this way, the spiritual mature person looks to themselves and owns it. The spiritually immature person refuses to look at self and projects the worst of themselves onto other people and condemn it. It's almost like a psychological way, like, like I know I'm, I know these things are bad about me, but I'm going to condemn it in other people so then I feel better about myself. The spiritually immature, that's what they do, and they won't even realize it. And it's the spiritually immature who ends up in the lynch mobs, right? They end up on the, the Twitter lynch mob, the social media lynch mob. They're the ones who want to go down and take someone down and, and talk about them and slander and try to destroy them. In many cases, all they're doing is projecting something inside of themselves that they don't want to admit and no one knows about. Scapegoating. I've often said, and I, and I can't remember exactly how I gave the original quote. Uh, the original quote can be found online. Uh, people who look me up usually find this quote because I, I became somewhat known for the quote. But something like this, true humility is the impossible task of being more aware and concerned with your own sin than the sins of others. True humility is the almost impossible task of being more aware and concerned about your own sin than you are the sins of other people. 
Because if you truly see your own sin, you're, you're good. That's going to produce nothing but humility. It's going, it's going to. But what we have a tendency to do is we don't want to process it. We don't want to look inwardly. We want to project it outwardly. Then we can, con- then we'll be so condemning. But in many cases, all we're really doing is condemning the sin in us, but we won't admit to that. I wonder how often we scapegoat. And I wonder how often the church, to me, the church has been scapegoating people forever. I mean, to me, the church, the church teaches you this. The church is constantly like the bad people out there, the liberals, the woke people, the gay people, the transgender, it's all ever, all the problems are out there when the church will not admit the problems inside. The church will be yelling and screaming about rock and roll where children is being molested inside the church. We won't deal sometimes with our own issues. So what do you think? Do you think scapegoating is a a sign of spiritual immaturity? Where the spiritual mature is aware of their own sin. They, 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 They acknowledge it. They deal with it. And look, I think the more you are aware of your own sin the more compassionate you are to the, sin, the, the sins seen in others. I think, I think the more aware, look, the more you, you refuse to see your sin or you won't process your sin, you simply project it. It destroys compassion. But if you see how sinful you are, if you are painfully aware of how messed up you are, if you're truly aware of that, then it leads to compassion for others. I think this is something we have to think about. So the signs of spiritual immaturity that we have looked at, number one is certainty. Number two is self-loathing. Number three is defensiveness. And number four is scapegoating. And that leads us with one more. And we'll talk about that tomorrow for the Today's Focused Tomorrow, in tomorrow's episode of Today's Focus, we will talk about the next one, and I won't tell you what it is. Today, I want you to focus on the idea of scapegoating and how that may have been, is, and has been evident in your life. Thanks for listening to Today's Focus.